Welcome to the Eat Local CNY podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is KC from the New York Mushroom Company. Well, you know, unbeknownst to KC, really, this podcast has been a long time coming because I've really wanted to learn more about the farming and the agricultural community here in central New York. And it's been something I've been wanting to do for quite a long time, and I just haven't put it in place. We had Brianna from NOFA on a few months ago. Now I've had KC on. And so we've got some great episodes scheduled, but I think coming into the spring and into the summer, I'm really going to do my best to get a just farmer feature. We're just going to do that. I've kind of wanted to do that on the Instagram account to do Farmer Friday and basically make posts and share videos and go out there and interview different farmers and learn about what they're doing and how they're supplying restaurants and feeding the community. And we just, you know, there's so much to central New York that I don't even know about. And, um, that farming world is a big part of it. And so anyways, I'm thrilled that I was able to have Casey on listen at the end of the episode where we talk about how you can find them, where you can buy their product, where you can go follow them on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But stay tuned to the end so that way you can learn that. And then do me a favor, go follow them on social media, go buy some of their stuff online, go support this local farmer and his family. I'm recording this uh, intro here. It's Sunday morning. I'm in my living room of all places recording this, this intro and yesterday morning, I recorded a podcast with Tyler from Nostalgia Chocolate. Can't wait to get that episode out there. You're going to love it. But yesterday, we recorded it in the morning down at the studio. And when we left uh, the studio, we both went down to Peaks Coffee Company and went down to just support a local business. Right now, things are crazy um, all over the world, especially here uh, in America, especially here in our community, um, I just, yeah, things are crazy. I was out, we went down to the coffee shop yesterday, and thank God a lot of people came out to support Peaks Coffee Company yesterday, um, which was amazing because they really need, uh, all of these local businesses need our support and our help right now more than ever. But I sat down there for like an hour and a half hanging out with friends and laughing and joking and talking to them and enjoying this great coffee and having breakfast at Peaks. And it was just such a great time. And there was uh, myself and Tyler and obviously Sam and Kelsey were there. And then there were three other uh, local business owners that were down there at Peaks hanging out, supporting them. And we all took a picture and and posted it on Instagram. It's just such an important time to get out there and support each other. However we can do that, whether that's just sending a direct message. If you don't want to leave your house, that's fine. Stay safe, stay healthy. Um, but maybe that's just sending a direct message to some of the, these locally owned restaurants and businesses in our community and just say, hey, I uh, just want you to know that we're thinking of you. We support you. We're here for you. That goes such a long way. Everyone right now, especially these business owners who have invested in, everything that they have into their dream who are struggling right now to uh, employ their staff and pay their bills and stay afloat. Everyone right now needs a little bit of hope. They need a community of people that are going to stand with them and support them. And that could be financially, that could be you going out to this business like we did to Peaks yesterday and just going and buying what they have. Maybe you don't want to leave your house and so you want to stay home and you want to order in. That's great. Do that. Call the restaurant. See if they're if they've changed in their offering delivery themselves. If not, then by all means, use one of these delivery apps. So maybe you're going to support them that way. Or maybe it's just you sending them that direct message, commenting on their latest post and just saying, hey, we're thinking of you. We're here with you. Maybe that's it. But everybody right now just needs some hope, they need some support, they need some love. So by all means, those are things that we can offer to people through the internet and social media, and we don't have to branch out of our house if you don't want to. But just do something, right? Lean on somebody else, be there as a support for somebody else. It's so important right now. The one thing that I noticed yesterday is there were a lot of people downtown yesterday. Um, definitely the... 
cancellation of the parade and everything else that's happening did not keep most people from going out downtown. And the people that I ran into um, out downtown at Peaks and even outside of the studio who um, I know, we all kind of just said the same thing, which is this is weird. It's very strange. No one really knows what to think or how to respond to it. Some of us have responded by panicking and going out and buying everything that we possibly could. Um, some of us have responded by saying uh, it doesn't matter. It's not going to affect, you know, my day to day. But it's just weird. It's strange. It's very strange times. And so the only thing that I really want to say here is just be a support for others. If you need help, if you need support, reach out. But just remember that we have neighbors who are business owners who need us now more than ever. And so like I've said, whether that's you going out and supporting them, whether it's you ordering in from a locally owned restaurant, or again, just leave a comment on their page, leave them a, send them a DM, whatever it is, just be a support for others because we all need some help right now. Well, thank you so much for listening, and without further ado, here is my conversation with Casey from the New York Mushroom Company. Yeah, a couple years ago, like, I started the podcast, and... It was impossible, man, like to get it out there. My cousin who had built like the first versions of our website, she was like having to do everything to get the podcast up on the website and get them distributed because I don't know much about computers. And I mean, it was just, it was challenging to say the least. And then uh, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, these companies started coming out. I think Podbean is one. Anchor is the one I use. Okay. They're completely free services. Yeah. You just upload it just like you would a picture to Facebook. Yeah. And they distribute it everywhere for you. Um, so we're on 10 platforms, I think, eight or 10 yeah. platforms all over the place. And they give you stats. And I can see, like, how many people listen on mobile versus, you know, their computer versus... Apple versus Android, where out in the country. Okay. So you can get yeah. some of that information. Yeah. But having said that, I was just listening to, I listened to Joe Rogan podcast a lot. Yeah. And he just had this guy, uh, I forget his name, but he's like the inventor of podcasts. Like <laughs> back in the nineties when the internet came out, like he put audio on the, on the internet, you know, and stuff like yeah. this. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> he has a nickname called the pod father. Right. Okay. And so, yeah. um, he was talking about like, no matter what anyone tells you, there's no way to know who's listening or how many people. Like you can get some idea, but in the reality yeah, of things, right. like you're never fully gonna know. Right, you're not gonna, but you can you can tell the difference between a hundred or ten thousand anyway. You know, yeah, right. I guess I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe kind of see what level <laughs> you're at. I mean, yeah, um, it's definitely increased. Yeah. Yeah. Like first month or two, like thirty people. Then it jumped yep. up to like 80. Now yep. we're cruising at like 150. Yeah. Um, like, and that's in the first week of the episode. You know, people go back through and yeah. listen after the fact, you know, months later. Um, so obviously it's growing at some point, some level. And yeah. I'm getting contacted more from people that are like, uh, you know, we want to be on and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. That's all that you can hope for. Yeah, you know, man. you got to push through some of the struggles in the yeah. beginning right and, yeah. yeah 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 for sure man so yeah. it's fun i enjoy it if i could sit here and talk it, to people all day you know right. i'd do that right it's a blast right you know i learned so much about different people's businesses and and uh you know honestly one thing i've learned is that like i could do that you know i mean struggle you, is struggle you, what people are doing yeah 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 it's just a matter of what direction you're going to take yourself in, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just whatever path you choose, you know, everybody's got to put their head down and grind and build something. And whether it's mushrooms or beer or whatever it is, nothing's overnight. Nothing's easy. 
You just got to yeah. keep pushing. You know? Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you see those people who have arrived yeah. and you're like, oh, there's, you know, it's so, so simple, but yeah. it, you know, they went through that too. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And some get arrived sooner than others, but they still, everybody still has to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're sitting here with Casey from, is the name of the business fruit of fungi? Fruit of the fungi. Of the fungi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's a little play on the fungus. The mushroom is, is similar to like, like the fruit of a tree, like an apple of the tree, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Most people see a, all they see is the mushroom. Right. The fungus or the mycelium is what lives in the wood or lives underground or, okay. you know, there's miles of this stuff in a square inch of soil and, mm. and you just don't, don't see it. Yeah. And so the mushroom that we're selling is really just, the fruit of the actual fungus and hmm. so that yeah. that's where that comes from yeah and it kind of rolls off your tongue so that's what we that's why we picked it yeah. Yeah. yeah is it kind of you know like you're if you're growing apples uh you know you're really focused on like the tree and how it looks and you know throughout the absolutely year. is that the same yeah it's the same yeah we really focus on substrates mm-hmm. and uh, strains of different mushrooms and how aggressive they are and how well they colonize. Hmm. And so, yeah, just like, just like growing carrots, if your soil is great, mm-hmm. your, your odds of getting a great carrot go exponentially up. Right. Yeah. So we're focused on substrates and strains and, uh, you know, all the details, temperature hmm. and humidity and all that kind of stuff uh, to make them colonize that substrate well and quickly and if you do that you can you know there's always details to take care of but the other end a lot of the details are taken care of if you have a nice healthy Hmm. mycelium yeah yeah so mushrooms it's not just like finding a log and then like putting it in darkness no no there's a lot more to it than that yeah (laughs) yeah i'll start from the beginning because I imagine most people are thinking, you know, dark caves and such. And so, so you've got two basic types of mushrooms in the edible world. You've got your buttons and portobellas, um, which, uh, which decompose soils. Okay. Right. And you've got, uh, the really buttons, portobellas, cremini, baby bella, they're all the same strain or the same species different strains harvested at different different stages yeah um and then you've got varieties that grow on wood okay which is what we grow gotcha uh so things like shiitakes and oyster mushrooms and lion's mane and hen of the woods and Hmm. rishi's mushrooms and uh, all those the industry would call them specialty mushrooms yeah that's what we grow okay uh, and so you think of like ecologically, the tree falls in the woods. Yeah, our mushrooms colonize the tree, mm-hmm. break down the tree. Right. Those uh, the buttons of portobellos they colonize what our mushrooms have already broken down the okay. soil, break it down further. Okay. So primary, secondary decomposers. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So. So we grow we grow those specialty mushrooms. Probably as we talk, why we grow those will probably come out a bit. But yeah. um, so we basically what we do is we take sawdust. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get um, truckloads of it from sawmills. Mm. Simple as that. Uh, we mix in some supplements, can be brands, can be mm. um, soy, some, some different nitrogen supplements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we sterilize everything. So basically excluding, getting rid of everything that's in the, in the substrate. Yeah. Uh, and then in a clean environment, so we've got a room with a HEPA filter. We take those, uh, we take that sawdust out of the sterilizers and add our, our cultures. Okay. So whether that's shiitake or uh, blue oyster or golden mm. oyster, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, seal up those bags and then incubate them. They'll grow, the mycelium will grow, and then they'll grow off of that hmm. bag. You put them in the right conditions, right temperature, right humidity, right oxygen levels, and they'll grow right out of that bag. How 
how detailed do you have to be in that? I mean, is, do you have to be like within a degree of something? No, uh, it, it a lot of it depends on the species, mm-hmm. um, but I would say overall, you know, you have you have a temperature for for incubating when it's actually growing in the bag, digesting that wood, gathering the resources to actually grow a mushroom. And then you've got temperatures and humidity for actually growing a mushroom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, five to seven degrees is, okay. is kind of a range. Yeah. Um, hmm. they, they incubate at a higher temperature. They grow mushrooms at a lower temperature. And some varieties will, will grow at a bigger range. Mm-hmm. Some like a really small range. Hmm. Some like it warmer. Some like it cool. Some can do both. Yeah. Um, so huh. it, it's just like... Just like growing, you know, whether you're growing a shiitake or a uh, a maitake is, you know, you're growing carrots or or parsnips, right? I mean, yeah. they, they all have little details that things are different. Yeah, some of the things are the same, but hmm. uh, but it's like growing different different types of vegetables. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the question I'm sure at everybody that's listening to, like everybody that's listening right now, the question on their mind is why in the hell did you choose yeah. to get into mushrooms? Yeah. <laughs> I find yeah. it fascinating. I mean, like I really do like thinking about, um, well, you know, the person who kind of made mushrooms, uh, um, like made me aware of them was, uh, Mike Brown. Okay. Um, and, uh, now Mike's at, uh, the fish fryer, I believe. Okay. And, um, uh, when I like around the time we first got started, he was at Redfields, just you know downtown okay. hotel yeah. restaurant, and uh, somehow we had gotten invited out there to like check it out. And Mike was putting out great food out of there, and really doing a great job. And come I believe the springtime, all of a sudden his Instagram is him out foraging like every single moment that he could for mm-hmm. these different mushrooms in the area. And that's really when it like was like, oh, I wonder, you know, what does this taste like? And was you know. he making mushroom powders and putting powders on stuff? He may have been. That kind of sounds like because he's, yeah, okay. you know, he'll go after it for sure. Okay, yeah, he'll really yeah. go after something. Yeah, um, it just seemed like, especially like knowing his Instagram, like seeing his Instagram, if he was in something, if he was like going after something, he was obsessed with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he was definitely going after mu- like foraging a lot of mushrooms in the area. So that was the first time where it was really like, oh, okay, well, what? I wonder what that tastes like and what's the difference, you know? Sure. Um, those questions really ended the entire search for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, my curiosity was peaking, and then that was it. I didn't really go after much of it from there. Right, right. Unless right. I was at a restaurant that was like had something on the menu, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So what made you get into mushrooms? So... Uh, that's a good question. And, and just like, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Um, just like we were discussing before about, you know, choosing what path you're going to go down. I mm-hmm. mean, it took us, it took us a while to choose that path. And, uh, it, it, I have, I have a biology and ecology background okay. kind of, uh, on the tail end of, the tail end of being educated, I, I took some agriculture classes, just, you know, I needed something to take and, yeah, and really kind of planted a seed. Um, and it took a little while to, to really come to anything, but, uh, I spent some time in zoos working with birds. Oh, and, that's cool. And, but at the same time, I spent some time in uh, retail selling food, selling the foods that I'm growing now. Yeah. Um, and, but always kind of had a desire to do some sort of agriculture, but, mm-hmm. but what that looked like, I didn't know. Um, and so we moved up to Lebanon, um, spent some time in Utah and Connecticut mm-hmm. and, uh, actually we're, I'm from Chittenango. So oh, grew okay. up in this area. Yeah. Uh, your wife's name is Christy? Yeah. Okay. Yes. She from- she's she's from she grew up in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Uh still has some family. So we both have some family up here. Yeah. Uh, my parents are here. Uh so that was part of the reason we came back. Um but bought an old farm, bought some land hmm. with the desire to farm. Yeah. But not really sure what that looked like. Hmm. Uh, and that was about 15 years ago. 
Um, it took us about 10 years to mold that into something. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I had some experience with mushrooms. I worked on a farm after school for a summer. Um, they had some, some, one of the ways that you can grow mushrooms is you take that same mycelium that we were Mm -hmm. talking about and you put it in a fresh cut log. Okay. Uh, and then over mm. a year or so, it'll grow throughout the log. Mm. Mushrooms will grow right out of the log. Kind of a wild crafted, a real yeah. easy, natural way to do it. You stick them right out in the shade. Mm. You don't need any big infrastructure. Yeah. Do you, so, have, do you like split the log in half? No. Oh, okay. No. You want the bark to keep the moisture in it. Ah, uh, okay. It's kind of the opposite of firewood. Yeah. You okay. want fresh, moist wood. Mm. Um, so I had some experience with that. Some experience growing them, bringing them to a farmer's market, selling them. Yeah. Uh, so, so we did different things. We did, uh, we did, we had some pigs, which was an adventure. <laughs> and we had, uh, we did some vegetables, some baked goods and such, but we did the mushrooms as well. And this was all kind of part time on the side. Yeah. And uh, the mushrooms did, did fairly well. Um, hmm. You know, at that time, there, there's probably six to 10 other farms in the state doing something similar to what we're doing. Okay. Um, and so this was probably 10 years ago and, and, uh, well, more like 12 or 13 years ago, but, um, there wasn't really mushrooms to speak of. So it was kind of a new thing and people were excited about it. And so, Hmm. so from a business standpoint, uh, it was something that we could sell. It's something that we could, set our price on yeah right and uh Hmm. so that was intriguing um and and uh so for a while it was just a kind of a side thing we had all these logs we Hmm. had like thousands of them in the woods we were we were uh you know i'd spend two or three hours a day working on them and then i'd go to work and then and then come back and Hmm. Uh, we delivered, a, we do a, a farmer's market once a week. We had a couple restaurants. We had, uh, we sold the Circa down in Casanova, when she was oh, in Casanova. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was our first, uh, no, I, I take that back second. We we sold to the Copper Turret in, okay. in Morrisville was our first restaurant. Did they close? No, they are, op- they're still open. Okay. Uh, but they, they are a, uh, they're run by Morrisville yeah, State College. That's so right. it's all student. Yeah. Student run. Um, so they do kind of close when the students are gone. But, oh, okay. Um, so the chef there was excited and would take everything <laughs> that we grew. And I think I, I totally overwhelmed them. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was learning this business too. Like, yeah. you know, if a chef told me that now I'd, 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 uh, you know, in the interest of a long-term relationship, <laughs> I, I would, I would try to temper him a bit. Yeah. But, uh, I think we overwhelmed them. Hmm. Um, but so anyway, we were doing this on the side, selling to some restaurants, selling to some farmers markets. Uh, and after doing that for about five years, uh, five or six years, we had an opportunity to actually dive into it a bit more and, Mm. um, went to some seminars on the West coast and, Mm. and, uh, it, it really just, it, it fits, um, it kind of fit. I would say our lifestyle, it kind of mm-hmm. fit, uh, you know, mm-hmm. my personality, um, which was, which is more of the, more of the laboratory work as opposed mm-hmm. to digging in the dirt kind of work, yeah. you know? Um, so it, we also loved, I mean, after our experience with pigs, we love the fact that, you know, you can grow mushrooms and, uh, I mean, you can go away for the weekend <laughs> no, you know it's no problem yeah um i mean how much attention do they need so they need we have uh some automated systems mm-hmm. um it's great if you can check on things once a day if you're gone okay uh but it's not the end of the world you know if you miss a day yeah um i mean thing just like in anything things could go wrong, but yeah. generally speaking, you know, you could, you could go away on a Friday and come back on a Sunday night. And as long as you're prepared a little bit, it, you'd be fine. That's cool. Uh, so, so my wife loved that part of it. Hmm. Um, I did too. 
Yeah, because when you have pigs, I mean, you know, I was oh, just yeah. saying before we started, <clears throat> Rebecca and I had to go to Virginia uh, yep. over the weekend. And granted, it's, you know, they live an hour and a half away and they meet us halfway. So it's not, it's not bad. But, you know, we have our dog, Buddy, and we can bring him to, you know, her parents and her dad's a veterinarian. So that works out great, right? But if you have pigs, I mean, what are you going to do if you want to, if you have to go away? You're yeah, you got to beg someone to help you out, <laughs> and that gets old really yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah right? Man. Yeah. Um, and that's when we had young kids. I mean, it, our kids are older now. If we had, if we were forcing them to take care of the pigs, they would revolt on us, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so, um, so we had the opportunity to actually dive into this a bit more yeah. and actually build a grow room, um, hmm. a year-round grow room. That's cool. Um, so... So our cycle is different than most farms. Yeah. Uh, we do grow year round. Hmm. Um, so obviously that's, you know, cash flow year round. Yeah. Um, also, we do have one employee and we can offer year round employment. That's awesome. Uh, as well. So do you do that through a hoop house or? Uh, no, it's a, it's a concrete build. Well, it's not concrete, but it's steel okay. and concrete. Yeah. Uh, and very little wood because of the high humidities. Yeah. Um, and so it's just insulated, heated. Mm-hmm. We have a humidification system. We have a ventilation system that's always bringing in oxygen. Mm. Mushrooms are, um, they 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 take in CO2 and give off, uh, no, they take in O2 and give off CO2 like we do. Okay. Uh, so, so to prevent that buildup, we're always bringing in more oxygen. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, from the outside, it just, look like, it just looks like a steel building. Hmm. That's yeah. wild. So we had the opportunity to do that and, uh, you know, wanted to, always wanted to do some sort of farming, you yeah. know, wanted my own business, hmm. um, found a product that, uh, people were excited about and, you know, we could, we could sell profitably mm-hmm. and, uh, it was u- unique. Um, and, and, you know, growing it was stimulating right yeah. i mean it took some hmm. it, it's all kind of trial and error there's no blueprint on how to put together a mushroom farm yeah uh so you know so as we're um as we're trialing different species we're you know constantly problem solving solving and so hmm. it's just intellectually stimulating <laughs> i guess you know yeah, and all those things together have have really driven us in that direction and and uh so we we dove in in about 2015 is when we started really shipping mushrooms, hmm. doing it full time. That's awesome. Um, my wife works, so it's my full time job. Okay. Um, she works, so yeah. Are most of your? So, I mean, do you sell a lot retail? Answer to your question. No, guess, man. But, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm. I really am fascinated by it yeah. because it's like you said, it's not like there's. I mean, I'm sure there is, um, but it's not like there's a thousand you know, mushroom farmers out there that, you know, have some no. huge community there, there, that you can jump on. No, there's not. And, and that's, that's true. I mean, just having, you know, basic questions where, you know, there might be, you know, there's lots of, lots of other vegetable farmers or beef farmers or, or dairy farmers, you know, where you can get, um, some information <laughs> or even the extension agents, you know, you can get some information from them that, that yeah. really isn't true for mushrooms. So, so you're doing a lot of your own problem solving. Yeah. Um, you have to be kind of aggressive with your networking, right? Mm. I mean, there are yeah. people out there in other states and other areas, but it's just harder to build relationships when you're when you're talking about hundreds of miles away. Yeah. Um, What's the? Is there like a big area in the U.S. that's like known for mushrooms? The depends on what variety you're talking about. Okay. Pennsylvania, South, Southeast Pennsylvania towards oh, really? Philly is like the mushroom capital of the world. Oh, really? Yeah, so, uh, so, but millions of pounds of buttons in portobellas. Okay. Uh, they do do some shiitake, some oysters. Yeah. Uh, some different specialty mushrooms. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and that brings us to another why question. These, the varieties that we do mm-hmm. are perishable. Yeah. Right, and some of them are fragile. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really perishable. Someone have some of them have a l- little bit better shelf life. Isn't lion's mane like here today, it, gone tomorrow? So like you it, it, screw it, with it, and you're it's done. one of the more perishable ones. Yeah. It also bruises really yeah. easy. 
Hmm. Um, so when you're thinking of shipping and handling and bouncing around and trucks hmm. and yeah. it doesn't do great with that kind of hmm. uh, situation. Um, so buttons, portabellas are different. So these, mm-hmm. these are strains that have been worked with for hundred plus years. Hmm. Um, shiitake is only came into the country in the late seventies. Really? So it hasn't even been around very long. Wow. Um, so these strains really have been developed just like, uh, you know, strains of tomatoes yeah. that can be shipped all over the world. Hmm. Uh, these strains have been developed so you can grow millions of pounds in Pennsylvania, distribute them all over the country. Yeah. You try and take a lion's mane or an oyster mushroom and kind of jam it into that same model. Mm-hmm. The, the qualities of the product aren't really there. And so now you're left with oyster mushrooms that on the shelf that are eating themselves, right? They're hmm. all kind of falling apart. They're all fuzzy. And that's basically what they're doing. They're eating themselves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, or, or shiitakes that, you know, they're kind of flat and they look like they've gone through hell, but, yeah. um, so that, you know, input our farm yeah. who is growing those varieties and can, hmm. uh, deliver them to the end user, you know, within a few days of picking, yeah. um, without the shipping. And, and so, so we can deliver it at a little higher quality, which we can then say, all right, now it's a little higher price, yeah. right? We can't compete in terms of volume and pricing with these huge farms in Pennsylvania, but right. we can, we can beat their quality. And, um, hmm. and, and so we can survive growing thousands of pounds of mushrooms a year instead of millions of pounds of mushrooms a year. Yeah. Um, so hmm. it really is a really a perfect local product. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's another, that's another reason why, because, uh, it kind of insulates us a little bit from, you know, the big grocery stores and the big farms down in, yeah. in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, with having the, uh, actually I'm going to reset the camera real quick. Sure. I said it, we, I had the guys from full bore. Uh, on the podcast, um, actually, what's today? Thursday. They yeah. were here Tuesday. It's been crazy, crazy, crazy week. Um, uh, I was telling them like I couldn't get, I can't get over how much. I mean, obviously tourism in Hawaii, but I can't get over how much everything on the internet and you know there. If if you're there, if you if you type in one thing like an H into Google, all of a sudden your Facebook is just flooded with ads for tourist activities. Hmm. But the other thing is, they get that it's touristy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the entire like all of their economy is like tourism yeah. <laughs> for the most part, yeah. and everybody knows it. And so, if you type in like best burgers in Kona, you're going to get 30 different results of different blogs that are, you know, best top five, top 10, whatever the case is. Yeah. And the whole time I was there, I was just like, we don't really have much of that in Syracuse, if any of that in Syracuse of like, here's your top five diners, top five coffee shops, top five, whatever. Yeah. I mean, we don't really rely on tourism here. Right. Um, but we also don't have anything to really, build tourism either you know yeah. i mean yeah. sure we've got the mall and we have su and stuff like that but we don't have a whole lot of like media attention that's geared for drawing out of towners besides the i love new york stuff right and right. that's not really like a local you know yeah that's a whole state yeah. yeah so we brought on chris malone part-time uh like side hustle part-time and we're just gonna start that's one of your one of your goals is to do that. Yeah. yeah. I started on the flight back home. I started a um, Excel spreadsheet and I just typed in best diners in Syracuse mm-hmm. and went down all the ones that it listed. Uh, and I took, and those were the ones included. I took their Google star rating, their Yelp and their trip advisor, took the average and then sorted them from highest to lowest. And whoever the top five is, according to online reviews, that's who's going in the blog is the top five, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm not an expert on food. I do it for like best tacos in May. I run yeah. around and try all of them and say who I think the best is. But, um, 
but I couldn't think of a more fair way now that we work with 120 restaurants. I can't think of a more fair way than just saying, you know, it's a top five rated online. Those are the top right. five we're going to put in the blog. Right. So. You don't want it to be Anthony's top five. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. then, you know, you know, people could pay for it right. um, to try right. and get a higher rating. Um, I could just say, well, I've done the marketing for the market diner for the last four years. So obviously they're going to be the best, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so. so you did diners. Did you do anything else? So to start with, I gave him, he's going to start like two or three blogs a month. And um, I gave him a list of like coffee shops, diners. Um, One I just typed, actually this one was pretty interesting. He and I both from different parts of like town just typed in the best restaurants in Syracuse just to see what would come up. Mm -hmm. And the differences in the results are wild, you know, I mean. Sure. Yeah. Who knows if it's location based, if it's algorithm because they know who we are, huh. you know, whatever it is. Um, but my and my top five were wildly d- different from each other. It was like, I think uh, lemongrass was in there, then Alto Cinco, and then Mom's Diner was in. You know, they were just they were so different from mm. each other. Um, so we may put out a blog that's like. We searched the top restaurants in Syracuse on Monday at 3.40, and these were the results. And then, you know, next Friday at noon, here's the results, you know. Um, But just trying to do that, you know, just trying to get some sort of tourism thing, you know, like that people can come in town and Google what's the best diner in Syracuse. And, you know, hopefully they'll find our website and, you know, pop up on it and go to one of those places. Uh, yeah. but, but we're also going to change, uh, to eat local New York. And so, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, we actually, uh, we're also fruit of the fun guys under New York mushroom company. Oh, okay. Probably, That's cool. probably the same, yeah. same idea. I mean, we're trying yeah. to be, I mean, we started in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Now we're kind of central New York and you know, it's some, we are we're building a new building this year. At some point, you know, our reach is, gets a little bigger, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, continue. I mean, it's probably yeah. the same I, kind of idea. You want right. broaden your reach a bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I've always like uh, I've, I've wanted to do eat local Western New York, you know, mm-hmm. Rochester, North Country, Southern Tier, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother Gabe and his family live down in Rockland County, mm-hmm. and so uh, like. A little over a year ago, he and I were talking and yada, yada, yada. We start Eat Local Rockland and exact same model. Uh, just, you know, Gabe's a, you know, he's got four kids and him and his wife work full-time jobs. So they're not running out to eat at all these different places all the time. Like I yeah. have the you know time yeah. to. So, yeah. um, but we had like a dozen restaurants down there, maybe a little less on the card that accepted it. We sold two cards last year down at Rockland. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's such a stupid, like it's You're such still a, doing it. We're still doing it. Yeah. Uh, that card expired in December okay. of this past year. We haven't renewed the card yet because what happened is I'm at by local bash with our booth. Yeah. This woman approaches the table. This is such a cool idea. I want to buy a card. Um, do you have any cards? Like, do you have any restaurants downstate? It was like, well, we have Eat Local Rockland, but, you know, yada, yada, yada. She's like, oh, I live in Rockland County. It's like, oh, that's cool. I said, well, send me your address. You know, when you get home, message me, and I'll mail you an Eat Local Rockland card. You know, it's only good for another month, but use it. Yeah, tell your friends. Right. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I got home, and, like, that night I was thinking, why don't we just have one card that can work all over the state? Right, yeah. Still sell it yeah. for twenty bucks. Um, try and get restaurants all over to be on the one card, and then this way we can market downstate for people that are coming up. You know, wherever in the state, we can really. I'm sure for the first year, because it's gonna take forever to really build influence in Buffalo and Rochester, and to get restaurants to kind of know who we are um, yeah. and want to join the card. But at the very least, maybe we can market to people that are coming to Syracuse from Buffalo or wherever and get them to buy a card while they're here, whatever the case is. But, yeah, yeah. so we're going to start that. Um, yeah. I don't know when, but, um, yeah, eventually we're going to start doing that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, there may be some ways to, you know, try and 
personalize the card a little bit to some yeah. areas, yeah. but still have a a general New York State. I mean, yeah. Instead of making one for each area, right? Yeah. 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 So I will say it was like when we first started just the Instagram account for Rockland, we got roasted from people in that area, other Instagrammers. Um, people were blocking us. They were going to restaurants and saying, these guys are trying to scam you. Don't, you know, you should block them from Instagram. And uh, I get it. It's scary, you know, like for somebody who's got a business, you know, that's like doing social media for a restaurant. Okay. Um, because, you know, there's there's not much loyalty in the end. There is some, but not a lot, not on a grand scale. Yeah. And uh, if you find somebody that, pops up that takes a better picture than you, you know, your client might leave and go with it. You know, who knows? Right. Right. It's all based on promised results. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so when we just, and we do things for free for restaurants. So any of the restaurants that are on the card, it's free for them to join. And any one of these restaurants can call me at any point and say, I want you to come take pictures for our menu. It's free. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you come do a promo video? Sure, it's free. Like I'm about to do one for recess on Saturday. So you had pushback from people who were getting paid to yeah. do this for yeah. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, we were like trying. We were so we've had we had like a couple like interesting phone calls with pretty aggressive <laughs> people. Like I'm up here, like you know, I'm up here with this, you know, talking to this guy who just sounds like he's straight from Brooklyn, you sure. know, oh, and yeah. just roasting yeah. me, you know, yeah. on the phone and all this. We, yeah, we haven't gone downstate. I've had friends who've gotten burned downstate, yeah. you know, things like, you know, you're a small producer, you ship stuff down there and they don't want to pay you. What are you going to do? Right. Uh, right. I mean, and yeah. I've had lots of people get burned that way, but, um, but for us, I mean, we mentioned that Philadelphia is the mushroom capital of the world. Yeah. Uh, so, so you've got this huge influx of mushrooms downstate mm-hmm. and they're, they're a <laughs> lot of them are already organic and technically yeah. they're regional or local. Yeah. And so, do they have a big motivation to pay, you know, extra for ours coming from 300 miles away? Not really. Right. Um, I mean, I'm sure you know, most of our m- growth has been through, uh, you know, re- creating relationships. And then that, yeah. that chef opens his own place and now you sell there. and or, hmm. or a sous chef goes to another restaurant and now you sell there. And, and so yeah. that's kind of how our our growth has been. And so I'm sure if I, you know, wanted to drive down to New York city once a week, I probably could create some relationships and, and, uh, but for us anyway, I mean, especially starting out, you hear that, Oh, you know, bring them down state, bring them down. And we've, I prefer to stay in this area. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, hasn't worked out as great as as a lot of people tell you it does but mm-hmm. for us anyway but yeah um depends on what you want you yeah. know I yeah mean, i mean I, yeah. I i know other mushroom farmers up in central new york who drive down into a farmer's market in hmm. in new york every week wow um I, yeah i mean it's it seems like uh, that's not really want to where i want to be right now right but, yeah but for them yeah it's fine yeah i'm sure it can work yeah you know the the retail probably the retail's a little higher um down there and yeah uh obviously a lot of people so yeah so what's the biggest challenge with the growth of the business is it uh, in my head i kind of view it as the education piece yeah i mean i think that i think that you do get a lot of people who who are i mean american in a, as a whole is uh, you know, mycophobic, right? I right. Mean, we're not like Asian cultures that are mycophilic, yeah. you know, really yeah. into mushrooms. Um, so you do have that challenge, uh, especially when you get into dried mushrooms. That's a whole nother level yeah. of, of scariness for people. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the same time, it, it's growing. Yeah. And, you know, generally, I, I don't know exactly how many people we have in like the greater Syracuse area. Yeah. Um, but you know, generally people eat about, 
about four pounds of mushrooms a year, I believe, on average. Mm. Okay. Um, and about a pound of that, of specialty mushrooms, and mm. and so, so you're looking at, you know, if there's three, four hundred thousand people in yeah. greater central New York area, I mean, a decent mm. amount of mushrooms. Yeah. Um, and so, so we grow. Last year, I think we grew somewhere between nine, ten thousand pounds. So. Mm there's plenty of demand out yeah. there. Um, it's, it's, you know, the challenges for a lot of farms are how do you get your product to the people efficiently? Yeah. Um, and I would say that, you know, Madison County and, and central New York, um, probably, well, we'll just stick with central New York is, is lacking in that, you know, if you have a chef that comes from the West Coast, uh, they would call up their local food co-op mm-hmm. and hmm. get this from this local farmer and this from this local farmer and this, and yeah. it would all come delivered in the same hmm. by the same truck. Yeah, um, we don't have that around here. Yeah, and hmm. we did. We, we've we've had. Uh, who are you referring to? I forget the name of the business, but that one guy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah Neil. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and he couldn't make it work for whatever reason. You know, I don't know all yeah. the details. Um, and we did sell some stuff through him, but I. But it's you know ingrained in in. It's tough to give up your customers, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, of all the local people, all the local farmers in in the greater central New York area um, had one person deliver for them, it would work. Yeah. And, and probably would create a lot of demand. Uh, you know, it's ease. Mm-hmm. One payment for restaurants, one delivery, one order for restaurants. Yeah. Right? You know, right now, if they want to do it, uh, they've got to mm-hmm. talk to... 15, hmm. you know, you know, you know it, yeah. especially if they want it all over their menu. Um, that's like, uh, the Tam at the tailor and the cook, he's got like, yeah, 98 different. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he would appreciate a streamlined order ordering process. Um, hmm. so for whatever reason, it hasn't worked around here. Yeah. Um, so getting your product to the, to the customer, whether that's, a restaurant or, you know, a direct retail sale, um, is, is always a challenge. Um, for us too, it's, you know, it's not like maybe a more traditional business where it's sell more, buy more, sell more, buy more. Um, for us, it's produce more, right? right? Produce more, sell more. So you're always trying to match that demand with production, with, Um, you know, you don't want to produce too much that you're throwing stuff away. You don't want to produce too little that you're, um, you're telling customers that are coming to you, I can't deliver to you or, or you're not delivering on a regular basis. Um, and you also don't have a, uh, you know, uh, huge bank account to dig into every time you want to build a new building to produce more. So, Um, so for us, we haven't really done, you know, we don't really knock on doors. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, Hmm. I would rather have a little extra in a week, Mm -hmm. uh, and service everybody that we are delivering to well. Yeah. Right. Make sure we have it for them every week. Mm -hmm. It's a good quality product. Um, if, uh, you know, if they need to take a week off, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have, you know, something extra special, like they have a really busy weekend, they need extra shipment, we can do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so for us, we've probably tempered growth a bit to make sure that we can do that yeah. and, and really create, you know, a good a good brand and a good reputation. And, yeah. And so, so for us, I, I would say the biggest difficulty is, is trying to grow, but, um, also service everybody well. And, and when I say grow, that's like, you know, that's, you know, spending, it's expensive to grow. Yeah. And and so, um, while, 
we probably, if we had twice as many mushrooms, could could sell them. Um, you know, we're not not everybody's in a position to just double their production on their farm, right? So, right. <laughs> um, so, you know, at some point we'll get there, but you're always you always it's always exciting to me when we when we do have extra production and I can go out and sell it and and uh, so growing you know in a reasonable rate growing smartly yeah is probably the hardest part for me because everybody wants to dive in with the you know the brand the new toys and and hmm. the buildings and and uh, you know you could you could probably easily spend you know half a million dollars and get a pretty sizable mushroom operation up and running <laughs> and uh but you know is that is that the best way to do it without you yeah. know, having having all your markets and your brand and your reputation established and yeah and so so it's yeah. yeah it's it's probably a lot of the struggles that a lot of farmers who are trying to um come off the you know the historically commodity farming situation and and really do something different and sell directly to consumer and restaurants and hmm. uh it's it's uh yeah you're, you're doing a lot of little little dances learning new sk <laughs> skills all over the place and yeah, and man. uh trying <laughs> to figure out you know how this works and how this works and how this works you know you're producing you're marketing you're distributing you're uh, yeah. you're billing you're doing bookkeeping yeah. you know all oh, those yeah. kind of things that that uh you know historically farmers weren't interested in doing and and you always hear of that that adage that farmers you know they just want to be on the land and and growing and for us it's not really true mm -hmm. i mean my favorite part is marketing it oh, is really? actually getting out there and talking to the people whether that's at farmers markets or yeah talking to restaurants mm. and marketing and selling and and uh you know getting people excited about what we're doing is always hmm. thrilling for me and uh yeah even more so than you know mixing substrates and inoculating blocks well, <laughs> you know it's not that's not that's not awful i enjoy it but, right um so yeah yeah what's your um uh what's the like most coveted mushroom that you grow uh, we, I mean, we sell a lot of shiitake probably by volume. That's our highest. Okay. Um, we are getting, uh, we've done a lot of hen of the woods or maitake, mm -hmm. um, which is a harder mushroom to grow has it's, mm. it's very specific temperatures yeah. and humidities and oxygen levels to make it, to make it look right. Yeah. Um, mm. so we're excited about that. Uh, we're doing fairly well. I mean, we have on and off weeks. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so when we have it, that one's in, in demand. Uh, King Trumpet yeah. is a really dense mushroom, has a lot of flavor to it. Hmm. Uh, you know, people make faux scallops out of it. Oh, that's um, cool. You can you can peel it and almost make like a like a vegan barbecue out of it. Oh, nice. Um, huh. Like a pulled pork. Almost. Yeah. Uh, so that one that one is again one that requires really specific temperatures to grow mm. and so uh i would say those two the the trumpets and the maitakis are probably the yeah the most or the easiest to sell yeah but by volume is probably shiitake yeah. Yeah. yeah is there like a mushroom that is the most expensive that you wish you could like you would be a wealthy man if you could just spend your time growing it well, so that that brings us into the whole world of wild mushrooms. Yeah, and that's probably a whole nother podcast in itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is a wild? So wild mushroom would be like is that a morel? Is that wild yep. mushroom? Okay. Yeah. So a lot of your expensive mushrooms. So what morels? Yeah. Uh, all your truffles. Yeah. All your uh, chanterelles, porcini, mm -hmm. um, and you get into different things like black trumpets, and I mean the list goes on and on. Yeah. But. They're one of the reasons they're expensive is because they're all handpicked somewhere. Hmm. Uh, there are very few. Um, there are few truffle plantations where they're actually inoculating the roots. Hmm. Uh, there's actually one in Skinny Atlas. I, I I don't know if they've had success yet. Really? 
Um, but they're doing a... I thought truffles had to be like found by pigs in France or something like that. So, well, they they do. Yeah. They use dogs now. Okay. Um, so what they're doing is they are taking uh, hazelnut trees, oak trees, mm-hmm. where they're typically found. Mm-hmm. They make these mycelial slurries. Okay. And then they dip the roots in them. Huh. And then they plant them. Wow. Uh, under the right soil conditions. A lot of money goes into amending soils. Hmm. Uh, and then wait yeah. 8, 10, 12 years <laughs> uh, and hope that you get truffles. And then what you do is you bring your dog out that's been trained to sniff truffles. <laughs> and he sniffs it and he barks and you dig it up. Yeah. And you sell it. And there's not the really expensive ones uh, like your Alba Whites mm-hmm. and your Paragords and... They will, they will mature in like November, December. Okay, and so around here the ground will freeze and it'll yeah. kill them. So that's down south. Huh. There is a Burgundy truffle that, uh, which is a type of summer truffle that that matures more like Octoberish. Okay, and, and so um, that's one that you could potentially. Yeah. grow up here hmm. um i don't know of like i said that one place down in skinny atlas i'm not sure if they've had success or not yeah uh, at one point it was for sale but hmm. um that's wild so i mean if you could i mean if you could really perfect a truffle orchard yeah. uh you probably <laughs> could make a lot of money but yeah but at the same time it's like it's like ostrich farming right i yeah. mean you <laughs> <laughs> the people who start it sell a lot of ostriches to other people who want to do ostrich farms, right? And make some money. But then the guy at the end is left with all these ostriches and he's not making any money. So a lot of truffle farms, I believe, have really subsisted in selling truffles to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you work out the numbers, I mean, there's some money in it. But uh, so hmm. that creates some demand for truffle trees. But yeah. At some point, someone's got to harvest and sell truffles, yeah. or else the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> so, I, uh, but other than that, I mean, I I think, um, you know, there's different. Uh, I would, I would be happy if we could get lots of hen of the woods. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we could make a pretty good living if we could uh, get that mushroom right, get it going regularly. And again, solve, you know, distribution problems and such. But yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So if there's one thing that you wish the general public non mushroom aficionado knew about specialty mushrooms, what would it be? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, these mushrooms, they come in all sorts of different flavors and, mm-hmm. and textures. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that that people are um you know afraid to to dive in sometimes just because they they maybe they've uh they have some fear of mushrooms. A lot of kids don't like mushrooms. My yeah. my, my kids don't like mushrooms. And <laughs> and yeah. you know you grow up and and I think it's one of those foods where, you know, your palate changes. Mm-hmm. And if you have this uh, ingrained fear of it, you know, you got to get over it and try yeah. it. And, um, hmm. you know, we hear all over and over at, at the markets where, you know, people are like, eh, and then they come <laughs> back and they, and it was great. And, yeah. You know, I'm sure there's some people who are, are hemming and hawing and they're like, oh, it was okay. Or they didn't like it and they don't come back. Yeah. Um, and and that's fine. I mean, if you, uh, but why not give something a try? If you maybe you love it, yeah, right, All right. So what do you have to lose? Yeah. Hmm. Um. So I I think that you know from our experience, selling. You know, if you have if you have ten people, um, you know maybe three three to four of them are interested in mushrooms. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that if you had all 10 of those people actually give them a shot, mm-hmm. uh, it'd probably be more like seven or eight. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's kind of simple, but, uh, just yeah. try them. Yeah. Just try them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's You're not going to die. Yeah. 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 
Well, where can people find you? Uh, the Regional Market in Syracuse. Cool. Every Saturday. Yeah. Year-round. Um, so, yeah. you know, like I said, our, our schedule is a little different. We actually pick up business in the winter and slow hmm. down in the summer a bit. And wow. it's because we're one of the few fresh things that are out there in the middle of winter. Yeah. Um, fresh local things. Yeah. Uh, in the summertime, you've got, you know, you've got a, a good selection of local foods in the wintertime. It dries up a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're there year round, uh, fruit of the com is our website. Um, you can order some of the dried stuff on there. Cool. Um, we have, uh, yeah, stores throughout central New York and, and Utica and Hamilton and yeah, that carry both our fresh and dried stuff. Um, and you're on Facebook and Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, New York mushrooms on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to start calling out restaurants because I'm sure I'll forget some and (laughs) I don't want to go there. Yeah. But, uh, but we have, you know, probably a dozen or so restaurants that we, that we service in, in, uh, Madison County and Utica and Syracuse. Um, so look on our, look on their menus. A lot of them, you know, list us on their menus. Yeah. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks for driving all the way out here tonight. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It really, it means so much that you're listening every single week. And it would mean so much to me if you could hit the subscribe button, whatever platform you're listening to this on. So that way, you know, the moment that a new episode comes out and leave us a review let me know what you think of the Eat local cny podcast i've said it before i stole it from gary v i'm gonna say it again uh, but reviews are kind of the currency of the podcasting world so especially for all you apple itunes podcast listeners just leave us a review let me know what you think of the podcast that would mean so much to us as always you can find us online on facebook twitter instagram snapchat tiktok and youtube and linkedin And you'll find us online at eatlocalcny.com. Well, thank you so much, and we're going to catch you at the next episode. I know how it feels to be lonesome. Spend most of my days having no one. Dreaming you were out there shining in the sun. So hoping that they find someone Baby, I hope I find you Just another lie I don't want to waste all of your time Break your heart, baby, I just might I know how it feels to be lonesome Spend most of my days having no one Dreaming you were out there shining in the sun A lonely soul hoping that they'd find someone I hope it'll find you